0: Welcome to more to come, P.W. Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, uh, generally recorded at the P.W. offices in New York, and in in this case, only partially so. I'm Calvin Reed, senior news editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of P.W. Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics.
1: And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am the graphic novels review editor of Publishers Weekly, as well as the, uh, co-editor of pw comics world and the editor-in-chief of the beat and i don't remember much but i do remember that you can find us on twitter at at
2: pw comics world and i'm Kate simmons i'm the podcast producer and you can find us online at pw comics world.tumblr.com and just so you know listeners you can catch up on all of our san diego pictures and coverage there too
0: all right. And don't forget, you subscribe to more to come on iTunes and on Facebook. We're at Facebook.com/slash PWComicsWorld. So this week, our all San Diego Comic Con podcast. Um, where do we begin? So where do we where do we begin uh, this year? Um, do we begin with our podcast coverage of uh, five days of talking with more than eighteen different people? Do uh, we start at Hall H? we start uh where do we start?
1: Heidi? i don't know where we start i i just finished my big wrap up for the beat just a few minutes before we started this podcast said so mentally i'm almost in comic con again because i was going through <laughs> all my photos and you know it's it is crazy it's crazy how we spend at least the whole month prior to comic con stressing about comic con and You know, making schedules and making plans and talking to people. And everybody else in the whole comics industry is also mentally already at Comic Con. And you, you know, it's like, I always say it's like the ski racer who imagines the course before he or she goes down. It's almost like they've already done it before. And then you finally, after all the anxiety, or in my case, one hour of sleep. Uh, get on the plane, and you fly in, and then suddenly you're there, and it's happening, and then about five minutes later, it's over. Except that each one of those five minutes lasts for a year, because each day is so packed with events that well, you can't even agree. comprehend it all.
0: For an event that lasts so long, it seems to be over really quickly. So. Yes.
1: And yet, when you think back to what happened just that afternoon, like an hour before, it seems like it's already been forever, and You can't even remember what you were doing. I was looking at some of these pictures like, wait a minute. What was I doing? Who was I with? Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, I was having dinner. So. Yeah, it's it's true. Uh, One minute you're picking up
0: supplies at Ralph's. And the next minute, you're scrambling to get an airplane back to New York at like 6 o'clock in the morning. Or at least that's my story.
1: Yes. Well, uh, as opposed to just on a personal note, I I did not go to Ralph's this year. I walked by Ralph's. but I, I know. But yeah, I actually, on the Tuesday, I flew in very early Tuesday morning. And I was invited to go to the IDW offices, which are just a very short Uber ride, less than mm-hmm. a $10 Uber ride from the convention. And uh, it's pretty spectacular. They're located at this old naval base so it's like in these barracks but it's it was built in the 20s and it's uh, this high ceiling you know concrete the walls are like sure. two feet wow. thick and yeah it's really cool like a little bit industrial uh and yet with this old-timey vibe and they have an art gallery set up there uh it's really nice and um sounds great I'm yeah sure. <laughs> it's very very cool and uh but but one of the cool things is that the whole area that was this naval base has been turned into kind of a I think it's called Liberty station. So it's kind of this complex of like museums, you know, living and stores. Uh, and there's that Trader Joe's there. So I went to the Trader Joe's and I stocked up. on some Wow. Did You're not have a chance. Cheating on Ralph. Yes. I was <laughs> cheating on Ralph's, but it's good. I got all my favorites, uh, packed them up and you know, I was never hungry. This is the first con. I was never hungry. Just reached into the old bag and ate some trail mix.
0: Well, me and the, uh, the um, Comics World photographer slash uh, my wife and friend of the show, Jody Culkin. Uh We had our usual uh, dried goods, um, enormous amounts of fruit, um, water, uh, <laughs> that stuff. It sounds like you're going on a on a hike through the desert, but no, it's surviving Comic Con.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, it is it is really a survival course. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's I think it's a good. mental survival course, too. But um, especially a mental survival course. But, you know, a lot of people, I think there's two main things about the show. And uh, maybe we could address them. I think uh, number one was that there was a perception that it was a little bit less like over the top this year although certainly some aspects of it were very over the top like all the carnivals that were outside but there was definitely less of a movie presence and you know I noticed that the pedicabs weren't all decked out like they normally are there wasn't a big parking lot activation there wasn't I don't know it was a little bit more under control or I don't know is that just me
0: well I don't know I mean I'm sure there are areas of the show that go up and down in terms of attendance or or commercial attendance or exhibitor attendance I mean I can't really say that I detected uh, anything other than one item that you mentioned I mean there seems to be maybe a bit less um, movie promotion in some of the out, outdoor spaces although certainly the signage is still completely dominated yes and I mean massive signs on the sides of the hotels and um, the 10, ten fish that the little fish place across the street uh this place is for hire it's it's every year it's some new media extravaganza promotional um uh totem uh i thought that i will say this i thought that sunday was insanely more crowded on the floor than i seem to remember yeah Uh, yeah and maybe even worse than saturday if that's possible
1: i think it is possible because i think uh, well, there, you know, Hall H was not as frantic this year. I mean, there was uh-huh. a people who was camping out for Friday, especially Friday, because there had a big Star Wars panel and Saturday with the big WB panel. But, uh, you know, on Thursday you could just walk in, and there was a lot of times you could just walk into Hall H. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Sunday is now the shopping day. You know, people want to go around and uh, get their exclusives and get their get their uh you know items that they've been meaning to pick up it's the, it's the walking around a shop day and you know i had two panels so i was a little bit busy doing that but uh i i also was planning to do my normal shopping normally i get a gift (laughs) for our cat sitter and uh you know one of the things i touched on in my uh report is usually i go to the funko booth but uh this time they wouldn't even let me in apparently the funko booth which is a toy company, a designer toy company. They make really cute toys for just yes. about every property you could possibly want. Uh, it was just a madhouse. It was so, like, people were just hanging. Like, first they had a line to get in, and then people were hanging around on the floor to get in. And there were such a big amount of people hanging around that they had to give out tickets, but then they didn't tell anyone they were giving out tickets, and they were giving out tickets on the floor. I don't know. There's a whole big report on it on on some of the websites that cover the con. And uh, you know, I, I Funko is the, the new Hall H apparently.
0: Well I, I, I will I'll back you up on that because mm-hmm. that's what that's what we tend to do on Sundays uh, when and I did you actually I didn't have a panel to either do, but I went to yours. But we did a little strolling and shopping before your panel and then we ran down there for one last pass afterwards. And we and it's usually where we go back into the hall. Uh, so Bunko was completely overwhelmed, but so was virtually everything else. Um, I mean, it was just that thick getting across the floor. But you know, we usually go down at the end of the day because there, there there are deals to be had. Occasionally, people are you know slashing prices on the last in the last hour of the show. Um, but yeah, I mean that that would be my big takeaway. Um, uh, the you know the grounds around Comic Con have become more of a, of a carnival. The uh, the big space on the other side of the the uh, footbridge, which is across the commuter tracks, that was a carnival of interactivity. With, yeah. Uh, uh, with all kinds of uh, you know kind of fun house digital funhouse amusements for for fans. So you can go to Comic-Con and never go inside of the convention hall and have a pretty good time.
1: No, and I mean, that's one of the things that I heard. I heard that uh, I was told by a very good source that, um, like, Disney had actually commissioned a study to see how many people go to Comic-Con without badges, and the number they came up with was 60,000. Now 60,000? 60, uh,
2: Yes, that's a lot of
1: people, but the rumor, like like there was this talk, I mean, this kind of number was going around, but then there was talk that there was even more this year that maybe there was, and, you know, it is well known that this 130,000 number that they give for Comic-Con is actually underreported because they don't want the fire marshal to get upset. And um, there is a lot more. There's probably closer yeah. to 150,000 people. So, absolutely. So no one believes that number. No. Yeah. And, and when you add up everyone, it's possible that there was maybe a quarter of a million people uh, milling around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because this is a constant
0: ebb and flow of traffic outside of the hall. Yes. Going to one thing or another. So, yeah. But, you know, um, but uh, aside from our sort of reactions to the, um, the, the, the the phenomenon of Com- of Comic-Con. You know, there, there, there are a few things to report about what went on there. Um, and then and an aside, and this is not a professional maybe we'll maybe we'll take up this first. There does seem to be just a mounting, I mean, this is every year, there's a certain discontent with Comic-Con yes. among the comics community. But it certainly seems to be rising to a fever pitch these days.
1: Yes, yes. There was definitely, uh, you know, every year people say, I am not going to Comic-Con again. And then you see them. But this year people were saying that and, uh, you know, like giving up their tables. Uh, You know, we mentioned two of them in our our uh con reports, Paul Guinan and Anina Bennett, who are the creators of the um uh boilerplate books, which are kinda not graphic novels, they're heavily illustrated books, but you know, they have a lot of Comic Con uh they you know, comics in their their resume. Yeah, they and have um, too, um sure. Yeah, they just said that the expense for them to set up the table, you know, they have to hire someone to help them with the table, to ship all the books there. Uh, and it's just too much. It's just too much. And they mentioned to me that I hadn't noticed this, but uh, that Eric Schanauer, uh, who has his own, he's you know one of the last self-publishers, although he goes through Image now, um, he also gave up his booth. He used to have a little ten by ten booth, and he also uh, decamped to Artist Alley. And you know, I didn't talk to them, but there, I, I, there are some people who usually go, like Bernard Chang and the Boulevard, like uh, they were not set up, but. Uh, There was an increasing amount of subleasing booths at the show. I have noticed this, that people get their spot and they... Uh, are kind of, you know, leasing it out to other people, which I'm not sure is allowed, but I I think that in the case of comics, I think Comic-Con is is looking the other way. It sounds
0: like the sublet issue in New York City, but go on.
1: Yeah, right, (laughs) it is, It really. It is kind of like, you know, people look the other way, but if you get caught, maybe it's not good. I I mean, I don't know. This is definitely a phenomenon, too. And, you know, I was talking on Monday, uh, you know, Monday the con, I usually take the train to L.A., but usually we spend the afternoon just kind of hanging out at, Uh, the field with whoever is left around this time we were hanging out with the artist jock who's delightful by the way hello jock and uh some of the guys from mondo which is the um theater uh in austin texas but you know they make the posters and they had a killer show but they were talking they had kind of the same issues that they are set up in the dealer's area like in hall b (laughs) the old con hall b and uh you know, I mean, they did very well, but, um, you know, they had a lot of traffic issues with people getting there and, you know, the lines are too long and, and yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and another thing that I mentioned was just, uh, you know, before there was a preview of, on preview night that I never actually got to write up, but I previewed the AMC booth, which is full of The Walking Dead, it had zombies and and. Uh the woman who runs the booth rather wistfully said, you know, we have such a small space. It's it's twenty by forty, which is, you know, really about the size of a very big New York apartment. <laughs> but um True. but it's still not that much space really. And I, I said, yeah, you know, do, you, do you, have you ever tried to get a bigger booth? And she was just like, Oh, that's our dream. <laughs> and you know, now as I pointed out maybe It's coming true. Yeah, but 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 as I put it out, you know, their dream now. They had like a big activation outside for Fear the Walking Dead, the the spinoff show. Uh, So you know, it's not like AMC can't get more space. But but I'm remembering, you know, Sci-Fi Channel was probably the first big media property to really go all in on the floor. Remember they had that big thing, that big chrome structure that was really dramatic for a while. And, sure, uh, yeah, but they actually gave up their booth and now they just make over the diner at the Hard Rock Cafe as a sci-fi cafe. And, um, they just
2: make over a diner.
1: Oh, yes, it's such a small make thing make to do. Right. But I, I mean, I mean, the point is that, you know, everybody wants to get into the show floor, but, but the show floor is so problematic. Yeah. Yeah. So Kate, what was it like not being there? What was it like just watching from on the sky? Like
2: you ought to, the watcher. Well, um, it seems like this time there were some announcements that were exciting to me. I was very, very happy about the whole *Rosa Versailles thing. Um, mm-hmm. Udon has said that they are going to be publishing a translation in manga form of the uh, hit 1970s shoujo classic uh, Rose Rosa Versailles um a manga about a uh woman captain of the guard uh, right before the front right before and during the french revolution and her adventures and marie antoinette and it's all full of flowers and over the top and it's a huge okay. classic in japan and it has not been available in english in manga form before the anime has been translated but the anime is quite frankly nowhere near as good as the manga. Right. So. There's actually
1: a very old version of it that, believe it or not, was used as a uh, guide for Japanese uh, people hoping to learn English. I think I, but it came out this long time
2: ago. I think I have one Isn't of those. It like in one, one volume. Yeah, it's one volume. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Like in that one. Good luck finding it. I have never seen it in my life. Um. Yeah. But now uh, it will come out from Udon. Um, yes, that's great. Great news. Yes. Great news. And so great. otherwise. I mean, I was kinda like, yep, yep. You know, standard issue, the usual players all doing their thing, everyone, you know, showing up and waving and having their picture taken. Um, it's it was not the most exciting year to watch New York uh, to watch San Diego Comic Con from home. <laughs> um, there was like a lot of like information coming in, but most of that information was not helpful. It was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, there you go. So, yeah. you know, I, I really mean, feel like well, this let, time, let some it. years at San Diego Comic-Con, I really feel like, ooh, and I'm like taking in all this information. And I'm like, ah, it's almost better than being there. But um, this year, it really was not like that. This year, I really felt like, you know, like I not being there was not getting the feel of it
1: you weren't you weren't like you know hearing having terrible fear of missing out um well let me just mention it
0: just uh as far as our coverage concerned, i mean that uh, it, no i didn't mean our coverage our coverage is good i meant no no, I, in fact, what I wanted to do is to jump in really quickly and just sort of give uh, our listeners a little bit. One of the things that we did a little differently this year, and maybe that was my, my actually experience of Comic-Con was a little bit different this year. Because we really went all in on really trying to get more and more podcasts produced uh, direct from the floor with creators, publishers, editors, all across the board. And we certainly have one of our most comprehensive views ever in, in terms of just getting to people who are like making the, the making the stuff that you know people want to read um we did 18 interviews overall and our our impressive producer was on point (laughs) and getting them up uh online really quickly just briefly i mean heidi had an exclusive interview with grant morrison um that you you know you you can't you can't buy this stuff um i talked with kid i talked with um uh, mike richardson ceo of dark horse um, I talked with a really interesting creative uh, couple, um, uh, Erica Alexander, uh, Alexander, an actress formerly on Living Single. I'm sure you all remember that show with uh, Queen Latifah, uh, and her husband, uh, Tony Purrier, and they have a wonderful book called Concrete Park, a sci- science fiction,
1: yeah, kind of a cultural. I love
0: it. Science fiction book that really deserves a lot more attention, I think, than it's been getting. Mm-hmm.
1: I agree.
2: Uh, it
0: definitely does. G Yang, I talk with Mark Wade about the reboot of G-1. I got to talk with the Batgirl team. Heidi Heidi, talked with Richard Taylor from wea I mean, we really, uh, you know, in fact, instead of listening to us, you people should go to publisherswiki.com slash comics and click on the more to yeah. come. And then you'll see our whole list of all
1: of our san diego yeah i i also Hi. talked to uh, marisa Acachella marchette my i say her yes. name marisa acasala Marchetto, who has um a new graphic novel coming out and she's delightful as always and um Boy, who else? I talked to Sarah Ryan, the uh, author of Bad Houses and many YA books. And I I mean, it's great. You know, this is the thing. As a journalist, I mean, you know, I mentioned FOMO. It really is that you can get to talk to pretty much anybody who's anyone at Comic-Con if you only can get it sorted out. And... you know, I mean, Calvin, You, we do get like, all these press opportunities every year. And, and, you know, you were able to take advantage of them. And, you know, I did some Absolutely. as well. Uh, but... Um, I mean, we always do a few every year.
0: Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, 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 we really worked at it. <laughs> I mean, really I know, we really worked did. at filling yeah. up our card. I mean... So I mean I think we did about twelve interviews last year. Yeah. Um yeah. of varying lengths. But this is where we're talking about and in I know our plan was to do five to ten minutes. But really when you're talking with someone like Grant Morrison or if you're talking with someone you can like grab everything people, you I can. Do, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Well, you
1: I mean, you don't you, you don't know. cut them
0: off at fifteen minutes. Yeah,
1: and I mean, you don't about- always get a <laughs> chance to talk to to yeah. talk to a lot of these people, you know. And uh, you know, certainly I hadn't talked to Grant in quite a while, and you know, he was delightful as always. Yes. And um, the you know, that was no-
0: team. Were they were really open and charming to talk to? Yes. Uh, that's Cameron Stewart, Beth Tar, and uh, Brendan Fletcher. Um, I mean, it really that's one thing about comic-con that you know that can't be beat if you get your act together in advance uh you can talk with just about anyone
1: right right it is and uh yeah so I, I mean that's great i mean i also uh talked to it wasn't good enough quality for the podcast but i also talked to uh Sid and marty croft the creators of h and r puff and stuff so Ooh. you know that was definitely a bucket list just that's crossed funny, right off I, there.
0: excuse me sorry kate go ahead
1: no, I
2: was just saying, like I would not have thought they were still kicking around Comic Cons anymore. But well, they
1: <laughs> well, it's funny because Sid was desperate to get to his train, so uh, you know he's got a schedule to keep.
2: Get...
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, but um, yeah, you, you you never know what who you're gonna see there. Or, you know who's gonna be around, and um, it is. I mean, obviously, you know, if you do talk about the showbiz moments, I mean, you know, I get it. I do get that there are showbiz moments at Comic Con that are really, like, incredible. I mean, the Warner Brothers panel was really cool. You know, the Star Wars panel is probably one of the greatest events in Comic-Con history because people slept out for 24 hours to get into the hall, and they did have all the new cast and the old cast was there, the originals um and they showed new footage and then you know as if that wasn't good enough at the end jj J. abrams said it. okay now everyone let's go to this secret concert he led every all six thousand people out of hall h over to there's there's a concert venue behind the convention center they had the san diego symphony orchestra there they played star wars music and everyone got a free lightsaber now if i wow. had slept out for 24 hours and got that i think i probably would have felt that it was worth it
0: I feel, well, I have to agree with that myself. Well, I mean, it's
2: it's one of those things that I, mean, if, I think,
0: yeah,
2: I think Disney realized that they had to to do something big and memorable, and they did. They yeah, really yeah. did. Yeah. They really did.
1: And and uh, I will say, Fox also had the whole cast of the next X Men movie, which is like you know about fifteen people, including uh, Hugh Jackman, Channing Tatum, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, And Stan Lee, they had them all up on stage at once and they all took a selfie. And, you know, these are these are memorable moments. These are like, you know, showbiz moments. And and I I mean, we've talked about it so many times, but but it is I I think I do feel that from people I talked with a little bit that, you know, studios are definitely questioning what it is that they aim to do at Comic-Con. You know what they're there for, and how they are to to promote this. You know, obviously, Disney and Fox have enough money to really put their put it all out, but but it really is still connecting with those hardcore fans. Yeah. You know, hey, it's
0: hey Heidi, I wanted to ask you. I don't know, did you happen to see Rob Salkowitz's uh, column about? what he thinks is wrong with Comic-Con and what should be done about it.
1: I think I did. Yes. Yes. And he um, was, you know, I should have linked to that. I'm going to go back he, into my piece yeah. and link to it now, but yes. And he had some really good points. Yeah, he did. And, and, and one
0: of which that I'd like to pull out now, just to hear your reaction to uh, was moving all of the small press and indie comics up to the sales pavilion, getting them off the exhibition floor, right. the main floor right. and moving them upstairs. Um, I don't know how doable it is, but it certainly seems like that's one thing that would be a huge
1: improvement. Well, they did that one year. They did- Oh, really? Yes, they did. They tried it, and they hated it. The artists hated it. <laughs> they wanted to be on the floor. But that was a long time ago. I don't yes. remember when that happened, but I think it might have been the 90s. And obviously, uh-huh. everything has changed so much. You know, comics people have very long memories – and they're all like, you know, uh, we tried that once in 1978, and it didn't work. And We're never gonna uh, do it. Again. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't know. I think now maybe Artist Alley would be thrilled to you move think. upstairs. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, yeah. there's, there's, it's problematic. It really is. It, as I put in my piece, it's like you know, it's a lottery as to who gets in. Okay, and you need to. Really, be motivated to plan ahead, to get a ticket, to get online, to be patient, and it's just you know it's pretty random. Now, I thought that there were there were a lot of cosplayers, but it's not like New York Comic Con. I'd say at New York Comic Con, one third of the people are dressed up in some way. It was a lot fewer than that at San Diego, and I think it might even be fewer cosplayers. I, I you know that that's kind of my impression. I mean, there are spectacular costumes. Well, I think it's because of that. I think that the people who are most motivated to get in now are um the collectors who get in to you know buy these exclusives and go to the funko booth and the others are the people who want to get into hall h and i think that these are the most motivated and uh they have very they have big systems set up too you know i mean we're so focused on our you know, comics world of Comic Con, but you know, there's equally strong communities for all these other things. You know, of course. And you know, it was also
0: an odd uh, occurrence this year that uh, Comic Con was very close, was on a successive weekend right after Anime Expo.
1: Yes, that's right. Which
0: drew over ninety thousand fans. Yes, uh, to L.A. So there may have been uh, certainly for exhibitors as well as for fans where you had to sort of pick. Right. I'm not going to both of these.
1: And uh, so yeah. Now, Calvin, you've heard a little bit from um, some publishers, maybe not to be named, but you know some major publisher, uh, at least one major publisher. Well, you know, NBM wasn't there. You know, NBM they wasn't had, there. They had I know. paper cut. And Terry yeah. I was there, but they did not set up with their NBM books. And I think yes. you've heard some other rumblings. I have other heard. Publishers. I'm not going
0: to mention it because it wasn't said to me for publication. But uh, a very significant uh, independent publisher who said they, you know, weren't crazy about their sales. And they—they're just not—they're—they're. They're, this may not be. They may not come that much longer. That they're, they're seriously thinking about not exhibiting. Hmm.
1: Uh, and
0: it would be—it would be sort of shocking if this if right. this public did right. not right. show up at Comic Con. I
1: mean, I think it takes a good three or four years of saying we're not going to go back before people don't go back, you know. And, yeah. But I—I yeah. I mean, I do think. Uh, I think people are. It's just so expensive. I mean, you know, for for us. I mean, me personally, I couldn't go unless PW sent me. You know, absolutely. And like, yeah. And I mean, if you have like, let's say a booth. I mean, I think booths are like five thousand dollars, whatever. Maybe I'm underestimating, but you know, they're definitely the thousands of dollars. You know, shipping everything there costs more thousand dollars. And every hotel,
2: especially if you're East Coast.
1: Yeah, and oh yeah, yeah, or foreign, God forbid, if you are. Um, you know, each person that gets hotel room, I mean, you know, if you have people rooming together is fine, but I mean, each hotel room has to be at least for a thousand dollars per person. That's just for yeah. four nights, you know, and yeah. people have to be there for, if you're at a booth, you have to be there for, you know, six nights. So now we're talking $1,500. And so, you know, add that up by four booth workers, you know, it adds up, it adds up. I mean, we're talking, you know. Yeah, thirty thousand dollars to
2: go even and, if and you know, recruit you make that, if, but if, even if you recruit like two random booth workers from the San Diego area your expenses are still really high
1: right right yeah and um and and what we're also hearing from many of the
0: publishers is that they feel as we have talked about so much that the demographics are changing certainly comic-con is its own animal but, the, but as Heidi was saying, more of the people are coming there for movie, TV. They're not necessarily there to buy books.
1: Right, right. And, um, you know, I just think this is the reality that people are dealing with. And, you know, I, I talked to um, – uh, you know, my uh, my husband, Ben McCool, was um, set up with at a booth with, with a friend of his who just had a book. And, you know, the, his friend is an, actually a, an actor who's well-known, you know. And, I mean, he was selling some books, but, you know, it wasn't quite as what he expected either. And, you know, people were stopped to get their picture taken with him every five minutes. It's like, so... I mean, you really, I think one of the things is that you really need to promote the shit out of this. You know, you really do need to promote it and get your fans ginned up, whipped up, that they have to have it. You know, it has to be something you have to have. And I I think uh, the toy companies obviously do that. They have, um, you know, a whole system set up for it. obviously the, uh, you know, the Mondos of the world have their own mailing list and everything. And you know what? I think comics readers... Are much much more about uh, just getting their books and reading them. <laughs> you
0: well, know, uh, you're right. It is mean, that what Matt Matt Hawkins at Top Cow actually said in our preview Comic Con piece, uh, which also was about you know mm-hmm. you know is Comic Con too big for small publishers? Right.
2: Yeah. And we, I, you know what? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Go well, ahead. What I was going to say is, um, but the funny thing is, is that we've been saying all year long that you know comics are not gone from Comic Cons, but I think it's that. Comic readers really do want to go to Comic-Cons, but it's such a fight to get into San Diego Comic-Con, and you can get comic content at so many other Comic-Cons now, including your Comic-Con, but smaller ones too. Yeah. That, you know, not only is it, you know, a big pain to get there and to get the tickets, but when you do get there, you're surrounded by gigantic lines for media properties. And so I can see how maybe the hardcore Just the comic books people are starting to just go elsewhere. Not necessarily to leave cons, but to leave San Diego Comic-Con.
1: You know, every year we hear this. Is Comic-Con too big for comics? Is there any room for comics? I will say, I think that this year, the talk became a little bit less just grousing and a little bit more like, you know what, this is economically very difficult and we really need to look just just as with the studios saying, are we going to go to the holidays? We're gonna do this, are we gonna, sure. you know, put a wrap on the hotel? Um, you know, people are looking at their budgets and I, I think this is, you know, maybe just part of the whole macro of the economy, you know? I mean, like, you know, even one percenters, it's like you could spend your money on a lot of things. You know, and you have to look at at, um, you know what the real economics of it are, and and you know, you know, you know, one of the big things. I went to a little press conference with David Glanzer, and I should probably write up some of the things that he said. But you know, when now that my mind is recovered a little bit, but um, you know, one of the big issues with Comic Con staying in San Diego is the hotel room prices. And they, the con, negoc- CCI, Comic Con International, really negotiated with the hotels, and the mayor got involved. Because nobody wants to see San- Comic Con leave San Diego. But the mayor got involved, the city council got involved, and they were negotiating with the hotels to keep prices low. Now the prices are low <laughs> compared to, to um, you know, five hundred dollars, eight hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, you know the van You know the fight. The big, you know. Pacquiao fight. I mean, yeah. it's like because I did a little study and I showed that, you know, the Hilton, I think the Hilton that where you stayed, the Hilton Bayfront was like two eighty, two ninety, something like that, Calvin, a night.
0: Um I, I paid more than that.
1: Yeah. Well let me tell I'm you sure the
0: discount I'm sure the discount may have brought it down to just under three hundred dollars. Right,
1: right. But, but then the taxes uh, bring it back, yes. Yeah, but if but, you go on right now and try to book a room, it's like one hundred eighty. Okay. Oh yeah and i mean like i studied all i did a little study of all the other hotels not all the other hotels but it's you know a little sampling of the hotels and with the exception of like the marriott which is a pretty spectacular hotel that i got to stay in and it was pretty awesome um you know which charges well into 300 dollars. it's a luxury hotel but you know most of the other hotels the rates are much lower.
0: Way <laughs> the day lower. before, they're the day two, after. They're well under two hundred dollars, night yeah.
1: So um, I mean, every but listen, I mean they got. And if pay you're further cheap. up
0: on Broadway, they're really cheaper.
1: Oh yeah, and I meet mean, the Horton. I stayed at the Horton Grand Tuesday, and it was like one nineteen for the night. Yeah, one nineteen. I
0: mean, it's, it's breathtaking the drop in price. Yes. I one year Comic Con, uh, we got delayed and we had to stay over one night, uh, leave the next day, and I couldn't believe. I looked at my bill. How it the, the price of the hotel just went off a cliff it was somewhere around 150 when i had been paying just over $300 right i uh, know wow.
1: so i mean when they're saying that they're keeping them low they are keeping them low but i mean they're not a bargain <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination and um you know i think that's a really important it's it's yeah. tough yeah yeah i wonder so, how many
2: fans not- are doing things like you know camper trailers and and, you know, the old comic uh, c- company favorite of renting a boat. I mean, like, you do wonder how much alternate methods people have been driven to by the height of these prices. Right,
1: right. And, you know, I mean, the demand, listen, there's high demand, so hotel prices are going to go up, okay? okay? And But, you know, God bless the mayor, God bless the Comic-Con people for fighting this, because otherwise... You know, I mean, these low prices—these
0: <laughs> so-called low prices—would um, yeah. be even more a uh, shocking. right? right. Uh, uh, I mean, remember, there
1: are there is a, a, a large component of
0: of fans and some professionals who take a shuttle in from a much further way out. I mean, I'm uh, I, I'm my limit has been Broadway, which is like a couple of blocks up from the Convention Center. Uh, I used to stay in hotels up there, but some people come from much further away.
1: Yeah, and let me tell you something. That will never be me, okay? I was at the Marriott, (laughs) and I lucked out. I really had a lot of very good things happen to me this year. I had, you know, the con god smile on me, and my room was not only, you know, I not only got into the Marriott and the hotel lottery, which is like a friggin' miracle, but I, my room was the closest to the elevator. Now, it wasn't on the elevator, so I didn't hear the elevator going all night. It was the, cl- But it was the closest to the elevator. So I literally could zip out of my hotel room, I down the escalator, through the back hall, up through under the sails. I mean, I, I timed it. I was able to get from my hotel room to a panel room on the whole other side in 13 minutes. And in oh, con time, gosh. that's like... Yeah, that, and that's like, well, you know, half a mile. I mean, it's a well, long walk. that's look.
0: my situation, too. I mean, I stay at the Hilton May Oh, yeah, we well, could be
1: there in, like, you know, same thing. And you thing, can get from
0: minutes. the room to the floor in 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and believe me, I need all of those Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: I just, I mean, even the Horton Grand seemed a little bit far, and that's another one yeah. of my my favorite hotels. But, but um, yeah. I I, I mean, you, you know, I mean, without that, I I just, you know, Calvin, you and I are talking. I mean, you know, we're just getting too old for this shit. But, but you well, know, we did it. We did it. We did it. And we I, did
0: it again. We yeah. did the crazy nights. You know, we we did the crazy, you know, East Coast deadlines. Yes. You know, I I I got up at three in the morning to write my you know, preview night stories. And I
1: stayed up until three in the morning to write <laughs> yes, my yes, story. So the timeline two of us, we had 24-hour coverage. Yeah, But you know what? Let's talk a little bit. There is, you know, now with all the kvetching and all that, there are still some of the best times of the year. And like the CBLDF party every year yeah, is amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. Though, yeah. oddly enough, they needed a another bar station this year still a great party yes. still packed i think Comicsology was uh, sponsoring it this year mm-hmm. um but man there was a there was a total mob
1: scene around the bar for some reason yeah Enjoy. but you know i think people were almost too busy to drink you know i mean i don't think anybody was, well I, but you know it's almost like you go there and there's so many people you see and you want to talk to uh you know getting hammered is just you know it's really hard uh and well, tell does, that to
0: brian peter sorry brian yeah
1: well <laughs> but also brian and uh, have a
0: long talk, waiting to get to the bar
1: yeah well that's it you talk on the line to the bar and but i mean just everybody was there i mean too many people to even have meaningful conversations with but you know you at least you get to see them and it's just it's pretty incredible like you're standing there and just so many amazing people um calvin did you go to the scholastic party this year
0: I did go to scholastic party a phenomenal party it was also um uh, the they were also celebrating the 10 year anniversary of the graphics uh, comics imprint um and i should say that you know we, once again there are a lot of comics at comic-con yes, there's an there enormous are. amount of people we we probably should very briefly go down the list of just quickly some of the announcements but certainly kids comics were were big this Huge. year they were Big Eisner winners. Um, uh, Raina Telgemeier won the best writer award. Uh, Gene Yang won the best writer. No, excuse me. The uh, Raina won the best writer artist. Yes,
1: best Gene cartoonist Yang. award. Yeah. Gene Yang won
0: the best writer award, and I think he uh, was for um, Avatar: The Airbender, uh, as well as for The Shadow Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, Big uh, upset. Big upset. Oh, yes, he, he he won out of an incredible field of, of writers. Uh, we should also mention that, you know, the French graphic novels were big this year. Um, uh, Representative John Lewis reenacted his Selma march from 1965. He, he, he was giving a panel about his graphic memoir, March. After he finished, he, he cosplayed as himself wearing the same trench coat and backpack that he wore in 1965, He he led a group of of school children through the halls of Comic-Con. This was, I mean, I wasn't there. I only wish I could have seen it. Uh, Through the halls of Comic-Con, down to the exhibition floor where he signed copies. And believe me, he brought a C of P. It was really a great event. Uh, So there's no shortage of comics at Comic-Con. You may not hear about it in the media all the time, unless you read PW. But... um, uh, Uh, This is having one of its best years. Uh, The Ultraman manga and the Tokyo Ghoul were selling out there. They they announced more shelf space at BNN, more shelf space at Books A Million. Uh, The French publishers launched their Europe Comics um, website, promotional site. Well, they announced it. It's actually launching in November, so you'll hear more of it around New York Comic Con. I could go on.
1: Right, right, yeah. I mean, uh, Vertigo, Vertigo had a huge announcement. Oh yes, yeah, and, really. Uh, oh. With twelve, yeah, didn't you? Okay, you didn't see it.
2: <laughs> Look, you know, it's it's lost under like twenty thousand fluff pieces. About did you know people wear costumes? Do you know that yeah. movies go to Comic Con? Do you know that so and so said that Comic Con was really like uh, Eisenberg? Like compared it to being like a genocide. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well. <laughs> So well, no, I missed what? it. But, so please, a, but tell you me. know
1: what? That's a really great point. You know, I mean, I do feel like the, um, I do feel that the 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 Vertigo announcement was definitely one of the bigger announcements there. You know, and uh, well, I the was fact that for you, didn't it, I you, you didn't even notice it, <laughs> yeah, the fact that you didn't even notice it is is telling to me. You know, but yeah. they announced twelve new titles, a mix of uh, ongoing series, mini series. Um, the lead title. Uh, it's called The Night Children. It is by uh, written by Gilbert Hernandez, uh, drawn by Darwin Cook. It's a mini series, but you know, wow. I mean, that that's it. that sounds fabulous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what more do you need to know? I mean, sold, 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 sold. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Mike Allred is working on some, and uh, the the Lauren Bucus, and, uh, you know, a lot of interesting people. And, you know, we've talked many times about, you know, whether Vertigo, is Vertigo dead? And, uh, you know, it's far, far, far from dead. And, and in fact, after the Eisner's, I was uh, walking back with uh, Shelley Bond, who's the executive editor at Vertigo, and, you know, we were talking about of so our old times, and you know, I really gave her some congrats on on um, you know carrying on with it. And uh, you know, they got a really great crew there. Actually, Ellie Pyle, who used to be at Marvel, is one of the editors. um Her Rebecca Taylor, formerly of Boom, um and or actually, she's with the Batman group. I take that back. But uh you know, former uh, J B Rich, formerly Oni. I mean, they have a really great lineup of of uh, editors there. And, um, you know, there's life in that, yeah. them, the are vertigo. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see how that goes.
0: And as our report mentioned, you know, it had to be one of our, our, our most, one of certainly one of the more, uh, uh, Comic-Con's, one of the more diverse announcements. I mean, uh, you know, women just took home many Eisners. Yes. Uh, this one summer, uh, yes. Jillian, Mariko uh Tamaki, uh best graphic no best new graphic Bill novel. Thompson
1: won again she's won many Eisners but That's a winner it. again and um,
0: yeah. C- uh, C- 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 Bill, Bell um who yeah, C- uh, who's C- L Defo Cersei yeah. C- Bell's El C- Defo uh won best kids book um you know I met Lumberjanes they, they, they oh, yes, had of course. an armful of, of yeah. Eisners.
1: and I mean we should also mention that the Eisners were delightful this year Um yeah. you know they came in a lot shorter than in the you past know, but you uh know, you know the hours, ab- yeah. yeah something the- like that yeah the after eisner party is always another highlight you know i mean i'd say you know the parties i go to the scholastic party is always great the cbldf image party is always great you know the eisner party and i mean you know there's certainly plenty to do plenty of comics folks to see plenty of good times
2: so heidi what is your secret for actually enjoying uh comics parties at conventions because i'm bad at comics parties there's usually like so many people and it's so loud that you never have more than like ten seconds with anybody, and I end up going, "Why am I here?" Well, you know, that's a personality thing, and
1: if you, you know, if that's not for you, then that's fine. You yeah. know, I mean, okay. I'm a person. I just who thought there would be a it... technique. No, I mean, I don't. I don't think there's even like. I think you just have to really. I mean, the, the, the secret yeah. of
0: almost any party is to find the people you know and like and hang out with them. I mean, yeah. that's...
2: I, I, <laughs> I, I know, perfect. but I mean, I'm there's just saying, uh, uh, these them. these prom parties, they seem to be so big and frantic that like when you meet someone you're like oh hi like it's just like too crazy to to do that
0: yeah i I can't say that because i see so many people for instance the CBLDF party i mean it's just if there's anybody in the industry that you like and respect they're going to be there right and and that's just the way it is and and the scholastic has so many artists that i know and like I mean, um, I mean, Crick Thompson gave me a huge hug. I mean, I hadn't seen him in a while. I never
1: even and saw
0: him. He was, yeah, he was there with his, he was, His head is shaved, So he sort of looks like he just got out of a, a Marine boot camp, but um, he gave me a big hug. I mean, it was great. It was great seeing I, some of our PW reporters were there that I hadn't seen right. it in a while, you All know? Right. So, um, uh, and, you know, David Saylor, I mean, actually David Saylor, who runs the imprint, I mean, he sat down with me and Heidi 10 years ago before he started the thing. So, in some ways, it was very uh, uh, emotional. And because we're, we're all looking at each other and we're thinking, as, as I think Heidi and I do much these days, we look forward and say, you know what? Remember what, how we talked about 10, 15, 20 years ago, how we would, what we, our vision of what the comics world would be? Yep. You know, it's starting to look a lot like it right now.
1: It is. It is. And, uh, you know, I I walked through. I didn't really get to go. I mean, the Marvel booth. I haven't been in the Marvel booth in years. I mean, it's just a madhouse. Uh, The DC booth I usually pop into just once or twice. I I went in there on preview night, and they had a big wall set up for a project that we haven't really learned a lot about yet but you know yeah. just mm-hmm. the fact that it was set up there was it's the dc super uh, hero girl line and they had you know a whole wall set up with the cartoon versions of supergirl and and uh, batgirl and um you know wonder woman and all this and i'm yeah. like you know this would have been unthinkable even five years ago yes. and less there is less than a,
2: that because yeah. i remember like two years ago Hearing that various shows had been canceled because too many girls and women liked them. Right. And they were afraid that they didn't know how to sell things to us. And now suddenly, I guess the statistics have caught up with them, or some genius has knocked them upside the head and said, no, you can sell things to girls, you fools. Um, Right. And suddenly, things are different. It's
0: incredible. It really is. Um- Could I just interject one thing on that note? I did an interview with uh, this uh, young artist, Leah Hayes, who has a new book coming out from Fantagraphics. Talk about girl power! Uh, it's a, the, one of the more uh, remarkably empathetic books on abortion you'll ever want to read. Um, I put uh, I put a photo of it up on our Comics World uh, Facebook page, and we got more than seven thousand. Reached more than seven thousand fans or people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it this is a kind of book now that, you know, in some ways, hopefully Comic-Con can give it a, a big push. So, right. They uh, said
1: the book did well there. Um, great. You know, another great. one of our podcast interviews was with Christy Valenti, who's an editor of Fantagraphics. Yes. I love her. She's so smart and insightful, yes. and she has some great books coming. And that was really one of my highlights was getting to uh, – to talk to Christy for a while, and um, yeah, you know what? It's awesome. Well, you know, I, I changed my mind. When I sat down to do this podcast, I thought I hated Comic-Con, but now that we've talked about it, <laughs> I actually like yeah.
0: it. Well, you know what? Comic-Con is kind of both things. It's the greatest show on Earth, and it will drive you absolutely mad. Yeah, right.
2: I mean, That's I it. I feel like Comic-Con is, is almost like a, I wouldn't say a lottery, because there's an element of skill, like a contest, almost, for for an up and coming book where, you know, maybe one in a hundred will catch a wave of buzz, which is incredible and really does a wonderful thing for the book. And the rest will, will, you know, struggle to keep up and may have a great experience, but it may not be financially helpful. Um, It seems like you really, you need to be on your A game in order to promote your book. But if you do it just right, you can, you can catch some buzz.
0: All right. Well, um on that note, uh, you know, you know, it's a big mother, but it's our mother. It's yeah, a mother of I guess, all comic I changed shows.
1: my mind. I'm going back next year.
0: Yeah, you know what? I'm going to join you. So. <laughs> <laughs> because you know why? There's always going to be more
1: to. Come. Huh.
2: <laughs>